I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Hasta la vista, baby. Welcome everyone to another Broken English podcast. Of course, you know by now I'm the one and only Hugo. And I am the one and only Bola for all the millions Excellent. of people listening and watching. Excellent timing, Bola. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and you are cordially... I was about to say you're cordially invited to a Broken English podcast, but I already began with that, so don't worry about it. Let's just get right into it. All right. So, I'm sure you you've been paying attention to what's been going on with Tenet and the ridiculousness which has been the studios just trying to shove this film out. They've got to get this into theatres, they've got to get people watching and now they are slowly trying to piece that together. Hmm. What's your thought on the, the way this has been handled during this precise time? My... I, well, I don't have too much. I don't have a too much of a strong opinion on it. I still do think it's. I would have rather waited. Um, they pushed it to the next year, just so right. that at least it gives us a it gives us a better like a better more space to have this pandemic a little bit more less severe. Less severe. It's just like I right now. It's hard for me to conceive that this movie will make. Um, Will be able to make as much as should as it should deserve in this current climate, especially if it's a good movie. Well, I mean, apparently it's it's doing great numbers in the UK, as we have seen. It's where whichever theatre it's playing in, it's got a huge audience. Right. And then there's the idea that it finally will make it out in September over here. That's in North America. Isn't it August? But the thing is, August. no, it's. Well, I mean, it's August now, but it's been released in the UK already. But I believe it's meant to be the first week of September it gets a general UK release. Right. Sorry, a general US release. Right. North American release. I thought it, for some reason, I thought it was the end of August. Well, but, I mean, I, that. but I must have misread that or something. I don't know. You... I mean, the thing is, I really do. I'm, I'm skeptical as to what the purpose is of getting it out in a rushed fashion. I get the fact that there's been a lot of marketing dollars, but as we said in a previous podcast, that's not going to be squandered. People are still going to be excited. Yeah, I don't but think... But there was a period... Sorry, there was a period in time when you'd wait long, long uh, stretches between when a film would be promoted and released. Yeah. It doesn't have to come out right away. Yeah. I, I just... I don't think what we were saying before, I don't think the buzz is going to die from this thing. No. You're right. It isn't September. It's meant to be out on the 26th of August. Oh, okay. So near the end of the month. 26. 26. See, the thing is, it's like... <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what is even the, what's even going on in the theaters. I should go find out what's the protocol or what do they have? What, what exactly is happening in the theater right now if I wanted to go see a movie today? It's such. It's just such an alien concept. Seen right? many. Yeah, I mean, a good friend of mine has seen quite a few films. But they're old um, ones, right? In theaters. Yes, I mean, we, when we say old, and we're talking about the past ten years, but oh. he's seen things like. Oh, actually, tell I. Firstly, he has been seeing older ones, so he's seen like Deadpool, um, Iron Man, those sorts of films. Right. But he did, thanks to this podcast, end up seeing Train to Busan 
on, I believe, Netflix or another streaming service. And then he went and saw Peninsula, the one we were talking about, the sequel to it, right. or the follow-up to it. He saw that in theaters. Okay, so they're, they're basically playing blockbusters and very popular movies from the past 10 years. Yes, and then not just that. I'm sure you've seen, well, I'm sure you've seen because I sent it to you. That means I think you've seen it. The little message said you'd seen it. But AMC Theatres, in an attempt to try to bring people back, to bring audiences back, are going to open with 15-cent tickets. Yeah, I didn't get to read that article, but what, what's that about 15-cent tickets? Is, <laughs> is that... It's basically to get bums on seats. Okay, but it's just kind of an odd. It's 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 an odd ticketing thing. Why don't you just make it free? Yeah, I mean, I saw one of the lines was they were trying to peddle twenty twenty tickets at nineteen twenties prices. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> they're trying to okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, quite like, know what to make of it. I don't know what that. I don't. don't I, I'm just kind of missing that. Maybe the marketing, the marketing around that maybe hasn't hit. If that's the case, I don't think the marketing has really uh, uh, pointed that out or put that out there. I think the thing is, is the film industry in terms of that aspect of it has suffered so much. And I don't want to use the term rightfully so, but understandably so. You get why that would be what would take a hit. People sitting, as we've spoken about before, right. in a crowded room with strangers. Yeah, you'll be wearing a mask because apparently there are um, protocols that have to be followed within the theatre, within the viewing experience. Right. But it's hard to say exactly what that'll be without us going there firsthand. Hmm. I, I think, if, like I said, if they're going to just charge that amount of money, we'll just make it free. Seems nominal, doesn't it? it? it, it seems a, well, redundant. actually, it basically, I mean, basically at that price, it's practically free because that's literally just change I found on the, I could just find on the floor to get into, to see the movie. So it seems right. like they're just psychologically preparing for, preparing people to get back into things. Which in some ways is smart. I mean, right. at the end of the day, I'm sure if it's going to be a situation where you pay 15 cents a ticket, you're just, and again, this might just be in America because it's AMC theaters, and I'm not sure if there are many AMC theaters in Canada. I don't think I myself any. haven't seen any. I think it's just. I don't think there's any. I think it's just. An nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm sure they didn't lower the cost of, you know, your popcorn and your nachos and your yeah, hot dogs, etc. I'm sure it's, yeah, yeah, 15 oh, yeah, cents to come in. Oh, yeah, no, you, quote-unquote, can't bring your own stuff. And, oh, you want a small bag of popcorn? That'd be 10 bucks. Right, they're going right, to get you on the consent. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't blame them. It's a pretty good, if it's a pretty, it's a pretty good deal. It is. You know, um, I can finance that ticket by just putting my head down while walking to the theater and just look, just, you know picking up as much to the change on that's left on the floor all the uh, way I don't back. know if you could do that in this year. <laughs> Maybe it's, yeah, probably around this time that's a bad idea, so sorry, forget about that one. Just look under your yeah. couch. Well, hopefully. Hopefully there's that waiting around. But sort of going a little further from that, what about Mulan? I, yes, personally, so. and this is, this is not a slam in any way on Disney movies, 
I like Disney movies. I don't flock towards them because I'm an adult male, and you know, it's it's fine if you're into it. But for me, I want something a little, a little more my style, and they're not my style just because of my age and yeah, I don't yeah. have children at the moment. But with no. that said, they are releasing Mulan yeah. on video on demand yeah. for thirty dollars a ticket. Yeah. Well, for thirty dollars a rental. Yeah. Plus, you have to be a Disney Channel or a Disney Plus subscriber. So, all in all, in order to see Mulan, you'd have had to have spent 40 bucks because you got your base price of about $10 a month. Maybe it's $7.99, maybe $11.99, whatever it is. You got that, and then you have to, on top of that, pay your $30 one-time fee. Again, we can look at that in the perspective of maybe there's a room of people watching it with you, and so $30 might end up being $3 a rental per person. Right. Who knows? But what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, what can I say? If if I'm a Mulan fan, then yeah, I'm going to pay for it, right? I can only speak I can only speak like what uh, from my own point of view, right? If you're a diehard Mulan fan, then I think it's probably worth it. But for me, I'm, I'm not, right? So that would be pricey. I wouldn't be even yeah even if it was streaming it's not it's not one of those movies I'm really interested in seeing so even if it was streaming for whatever whatever the Disney Plus cost I I wouldn't be checking it out but I can speak but if you're speaking in general that's a bit pricey Do you think it is even with the fact that it's a brand new release a hyped up release that isn't making its way to theatres. So you could always give the defence of, well, if you're not going to see it in the theatre and you are going to see it with people, is, is that, that a defensible thing? Is is that what an average Blu-ray cost? I haven't bought Blu-ray in a long time. I guess, you know, what they're, what they're, what they're pricing it on is basically the value of it at that moment, right? Right. Because, I don't know, what, what, is, an average, what is an average Blu-ray for a movie cost? I don't know. Again, it ranges. It <laughs> yeah. depends on what. It depends on when, etc. But a typical course, one, I don't think, comes up to thirty bucks, does it? I think a typical one might be around that price point. Is it? I'll check quickly. And that's U.S. too. So Canadian, that's like about a hundred dollars. So I'm just, I'm just joking, folks. For those who don't, <laughs> they want to get get the idea, and people said it's like, man, that's a weak dollar. I mean, we know how the currency fluctuates so whoa. well let's see first answer from Shopville Canada was $70 for a Deadpool Blu-ray $70 that's like 70 it looks like if you buy it though from someone like Amazon it's about 30 bucks okay even right now for Deadpool yes Deadpool 1 I, or 2 I, I looked it was the first one I looked it up just now okay I'm sorry, I've just been out of the physical media thing so long. I can't even remember the last time I've ever felt compelled to buy a movie. Unless it was an well, old I mean, one. We know about you and physical media. You <laughs> you completely what? ignored that. You didn't care about albums and vinyl. No, it's not like I We know, Bola. I was very partic- particular about physical media. Very, very particular. Yes. I had a lot of physical media when it came to video games. Fair enough. Right. I mean, they kind of get you there because you don't really have many options. You don't have any choice at that point. 
unless you completely change your system and port it to be able to do those things then you're just stuck with you have to buy it and that's <laughs> yeah. not a bad thing that's you, not a bad thing but even if you're bootlegging it you still got to get the physical media but we're just talking about the, the you know going in there nowadays and going somewhere or wherever they sell these things to buy you know so, the blu-ray or, or the physical media of a movie um and it, it i don't know it just seems so archaic well you can just buy it online buy the digital copy of it right i'm thinking that's probably what most people do right i think that that kind of reverts back to our previous conversation on the value of the physical versus right. that but in terms of my perspective in terms of is it worth it i would argue yes this i would thing. definitely argue yes i think that it's expensive however if it's something you really wanted to see and if it's something you want to make kind of a special experience of, yes, these are trying times. I don't pretend they're not. And yes, everyone's hard hit on the wallet. Mm -hmm. But again, you can, you with every decision you make in life can weigh the pros and cons. You can turn around and go, you know what? Right now, it's not the right time for me to be spending $30 on a rental of one film. Or maybe you want to treat people uh, with a gift of it and go, oh, let's all go watch that over at my place. Who knows? But I think that Tenet, for example, like if Tenet came out and Tenet was 30 bucks, I personally would be like, great, let's watch this. Let's enjoy this. Get five of us together. We'll right. watch the film make a little event of it. See, this is this, this is why I made that first point. If I would do it if I was into the film. Right. The only question I asked is, um, what makes this what makes this different from any of their other productions or even for example like a netflix or something that makes a movie that costs probably the same amount of money and they just put it on the service i think the differentiation between the two happens to be the fact that this was meant to be a cash cow this was meant to go into theaters i mean i think disney posted the first loss in their history over this time period because of how badly everything's been affected from their parks to their different enterprises and so on and so forth. But the thing is, is they had spent so much money on this big budget production that I guess they decided they didn't want to squander it completely. And I guess they were hesitant to delay it. And so because no one knows when all this is going to boil over, they went, okay, we spent X hundred million on it let's recoup as best we can and maybe that's the case hmm okay <laughs> it's like, I, i'm just curious because it's just like it it seems to be a differentiation of the value of what they what uh, they have right so obviously they think this is a premium product well yeah <laughs> i mean there are there are two kind of split off things that i have from that um, one, remind me in a second if I forget, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. And two, um, the lead actress in Mulan. I don't know if you remember this, but she made some questionable comments. And I say questionable not because I agree or disagree, but because they were politically... Um, they were political with regards to the Free Hong Kong movement, which was very strong prior to the pandemic. And it's still there, but... Obviously, with social distancing and other constraints, that's that's had its problem. But she was saying that she was pro uh, the Hong Kong protests 
and she was slammed with various people saying we should boycott the film we should have nothing to do with the film do you think that that will have any effect I mean at the time everyone was saying it would because it was meant to come out in theatres in May what about now <laughs> well the thing is is like who's saying that right probably ultra Chinese nationals <laughs> and they're not going to be a big portion of this film's audience no right no, I just know. True. I just know the people who are who, who who are raising a stink are the zealots, who yeah. who comprise a, a significant no a, a tiny tiny portion of the potential audience. I mean, personally, I think um, I'm I'm a fan of people speaking their mind. So, but we see again, we are, but but we're we we become into a murky zone, and I I, and I get it, but. You know, all I'm saying is that we this is, we're in a really murky zone that we haven't figured out because it's not that uh, she can speak her mind, but it's like what she says. If she said something crazy like, you know, I don't think the Holocaust happened, and we would be this right. would be a whole different conversation. But because right, what right. she said is like most of us would just co-sign on it. It's not really. Right. I don't think you're gonna find much opposition to that here. Or anywhere else. No, I, I don't I don't at all. Right. But what I meant was, um, personally, I think that actors and actresses, writers, directors, etc., should be able to have a stance on any given subject right. without people turning around and going, oh, you know, I, I feel this or I feel that and I'm going to boycott this because of that. It goes back to our conversations that we've had <laughs> on people like Woody yeah. Allen, etc. Right. You are... So I just recognize that it's like I still try to figure this out myself because definitely everybody should have their entitled to their own opinion. But if you're watching or something from someone and they've made something so like they they've have a they have a horrendous viewpoint on something, and I'm not saying misguided, but let's just let's just go to the extreme and say they have a horrendous viewpoint on something. It could take a lot of people out, including myself, out of their work. Right. Like, it would just be a turnoff to see anything they're in or they've done. Have you gone back to any Kevin Spacey stuff? <laughs> see, that's a good example. Um, I'm not, I'm not a, unless it's a movie that really, or something that really is near to dear, dear to me. And it all depends on what it was. Um, but unless it's something near, uh, if I'm watching something, let's just say I'm watching a movie and Kevin Spacey's in it, right? Well, he's just in it. So there's nothing really much I can do about that. Right. But I'm not going to sit there and lie while watching him. All that stuff is in the back of my mind and it's t and it's tr and it's trying to take me out of it. Right. I'm not like I said, I'm just trying to be honest with you. Everybody, anybody watching that, knowing what happened with him, that's going to be clouding. That's going to be a screen now over whatever he's doing on screen. And now you're. <laughs> Now it changes your fundamentally your perception of this this uh, this film here or TV show you're watching. Like I, I yeah, love House of Cards. I kind of went off a, I think I went off track a bit by talking about the extremes. <laughs> More so with regards to this particular actress, she voiced an opinion on a political movement. I don't think that that should be chastised. I and I also don't reckon it's going to have a huge influence on the way the film does or does not perform. Most little children that want to see Mulan are going to turn around and go, oh, it's Mulan, I've got to see that. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be any real impact. 
the the reason I brought up Nipsey Hussle was when you spoke about the value for product. I don't know if you know much about how he became who he became, but when he was independently selling his records, he sold them at a premium for the same premise that you said with regards to trying to have a product that you believe enough in its quality that he would sell them for $150 a CD. Wow. So you'd go to a show and you'd see one of his one of his uh, performances, you'd try buying CD afterwards, be like, yeah, that's $150. And that helped him solidify his name and gain a reputation as someone that was confident in what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's an interesting dynamic of having a higher price and then, you know, the price symbolizing what you believe in your work. Right. The value of your work. Precisely. I mean, that changes when it's a corporate enterprise, but nevertheless, independents should still value themselves as what they are. They are artists creating art. Yeah. I was just listening to him yesterday, and that line he says, fuck the middleman, was just like, I love that line. I mean, uh, <laughs> kind of going back to another one of our topics that we spoke about with uh, President West. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite lines from him. Oh my God. <laughs> one of my favorite lines from him, and you know this about me, every agent I know knows I hate agents. And for anyone that doesn't really know me, uh, which will probably be the majority of you because of the fact that we're going out to whoever wants to watch this, see this, hear this, whatever. I don't like agents. <laughs> They're not bad people. No. I just like relying on me and I like dealing with people directly. I never had an That's opinion cool. about agents until I got one. <laughs> it's like, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, no, this is not a slam on my agent because what he does and what they all do is just pretty much a snowball effect from the top uh, of this right. whole industry, right? It it is what it is. But um, I've just being through this system, especially in the film industry. I've grown to hate how it all works. There are many, many additional steps that there need not be. Yeah, it's like, it's, I mean, it's like just going back to Nip- Nipsey Hustle. I mean, it's just like just listening to him and then listening to a story and, you know, the things he's talking about, right? And it's like, and I see how this industry operates from every aspect of it. It seems so archaic and bureaucratic, uh, inefficient. Uh, it's it's just crazy how it all works. It just destroys creativity and talent. Right. Um, bear in mind, anyone listening, that Bola was referencing only every other company apart from Broken English mm, Films. Right. Broken English Films is exempt. We are efficient, effective, considerate, non-bureaucratic. We are the smoothest, streamlined experience that anyone will get. BrokenEnglishFilms.com. Check us out. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> keep it going but no no i completely i completely agree there are ways in which the bloat and the convoluted steps that occur just really make things harder less effective and futile yeah i've just been i've been really reflecting on it recently like a lot in the last couple of days too it's just kind of thinking of how this whole thing works and it's it, it just seems so stupid um it, it it just it just reflects so much of what cuz i think all of this stuff at the end of the day reflects what you're seeing on the screen 
You do? Yeah, because I say this because you see most things, and I would, and I think you would agree, most things that you see are unforgettable, right? And also, there's just a whole lot of stuff that's just not is either unforgettable or horrible. And there's only a few things that really stand out. And I think it's getting, and I think that's becoming more and more. And the thing is, it's like, well, what what happens when this? I think this is a byproduct of what happens when you have a system where it doesn't value uh, the the art form itself. It's just another money making enterprise, right? Another soulless. And I understand there's a business aspect to it. There's no avoiding that. But when everything just becomes that and that in itself right and the art and the creativity and the 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 let's just say the art and the creativity the great art and creative part of it becomes less and less and it's more about the bottom line right then a lot of things are just destroyed in that process so for example if you have if you, I mean, let's just say, if you can't find actors that are great where you are, right? Don't you think right. that's going to hinder what you're doing? What you're trying to create here? If all you have are actors who, because, and I say this because, let's just say you have all these talent, you have all this talent, right? That's potential, potential talents. But because of the way this thing works, these people are not being incubated or put into a process where they're, you know, where they're being nourished. They're being supported, uh, you know. They're being uh, developed in some sort of, in some sort of institution or, or process, right? They're just they're just put into the thing and they go. You figure it out without any kind of mechanism that kind of you know will develop these. And the same, I I see a lot of people who are really great, really talented, but because of politics or certain dynamics they just don't even get themselves into the room they can't get themselves into the room or something like that so you never for so if you're a casting director or a director or producer or something you know there's all these daniel day lewis's hanging around but because of the way things work you just never see them so you're never going to get these blocked you're never going to get these amazing talents in your in whatever you're creating and then the same thing goes for probably the and you could probably make the same argument for the filmmakers too. I mean, in that regard, I would definitely say those things exist. I would definitely say that's a problem. My confusion in what you were saying was I don't think it's reflected on the screen. You th- and what I mean by that is I think the end product that you end up seeing in any film or TV show, the way that it's done. Mm-hmm is coaxed polished and edited is cleverly organized to make the stories still flow if the people behind them are talented now on the spectrum that you were referring to with regards of the pool of talent and filmmakers that actually get their foot in the door i completely agree but the only way that can really be solved is if the average audience member decides to diversify the outlets in which they explore films the outlets in which they explore content if they are consistently just going to particular streaming sites if they are consistently just going to particular physical theaters it ends up having a situation where the studio system and the model that that has bred 
goes, no, no, you're going to watch this, and you're going to watch that, and you're going to enjoy this, and you're going to enjoy that. And it just kind of churns out almost a two and a half men type. Here's some shit. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't, we put in a laugh track right. so you know when to laugh. <laughs> right. Right. Um, it's You've seen this before, right? You've seen this before where something was taken and pretty much destroyed by the studio and the producers. I think right. we've all seen that, right? That's like a, yeah. one of the things. I've, I've seen it firsthand where a studio takes something that was seemed to be really good and then they, for some reason, uh, <laughs> made decisions that were just really, really poor, right? When it came to those things. And this is what, it, this comes from the fact that you have a lot of people who are making these decisions and they're not creative people. They're business right. people. Right. So you'll have... So you, you kind of question these things because if if you're not a creative type of person, you're just an accountant or you're just a business guy. Well, I would imagine that would reflect on what the, the things you see, because these the things you see are based on these people's decisions. Right. Right. So. With that being said. If you have a lot of people who have their hand in this and they're, they don't, they're not artists, they're not creative types. They're not moving, you know, you have the opposite of what you what you should be having in this. I think it's going to reflect on the things that you see. I can understand that. Uh, I wonder whether you're talking about a particular film that I was going to bring up anyway. <laughs> and if you are, that's great. And if you're not, well, it's up to you to say. Well, I, I mean, there's no secret. There's many films. There have been many films that, that have gone that way. Right. Okay, well, I wanted to actively criticize a film that I worked on briefly. Maybe someone else worked on more in depth, but I saw recently. And that was the new version of The Predator. (laughs) I saw the new version of The Predator on Netflix last week. Oh, you saw it? Uh, I did. And it was after sort of, it was a stress filled day, and I thought, I just want a kind of let yourself go action film right yeah Um, yeah. i'd seen the other ones i thought okay why not and i'd worked on it briefly and all the prototype drawings and imagery that i'd seen of what predator was going to look like etc and some of the props i'd seen all the rest of it all right let's give this a go what utter (laughs) shit (laughs) right what an absolute like don't get me wrong don't get me wrong the people that i met on the film yeah like I met Shane Black, who directed it. I'm not sure if he wrote it or not. Kiss. Lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. Kiss, kiss, Seems bang, really bang. Nice. Um, yep, he's done some great work. Uh, this was not an example of that. And again, I don't know whether it had to do with the studio involvement, whether it had to do with X, Y, or Z. But what an absolute waste of time blockbuster. I mean, the usual thing you can expect with a blockbuster is to not be utterly annoyed that you're still watching it yeah at least it, it may have the worst you're hoping okay it's forgettable yes yeah but this this was just bad yeah it was just like and i'm telling you this because i was there i read the script right right and i went into the to like while going into the theater to watch this and i'm like this was not the script i was reading i did not read the script right i had the script in my hand for over a month of almost two months so i knew what kind of movie this was gonna, i knew everything what was going to happen i knew right all the, ba- the, the 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 beats the scenarios the sequences and 
And it's like, wow, there was like there was only one third of that script that made it into the final thing. Or yeah. sorry, a quarter of it made it to the final thing, and I was so shocked. And clearly to me it was not it was a studio thing. Right. I mean, how else? Why out? I couldn't possibly conceive it being the director or even. Did he write it? Do you know? Yeah, he did. With he had a co-writer too. I can't remember his name, but Shane and he had a co-writer that uh, wrote it. So I don't know what happened. I mean, who knows? And I'm and I'm not gonna say I'm gonna put all the blame on the studio too because it could have just turned out when they finally saw. uh, Maybe a cut of it. They were it just for some reason it bothered them. But I understand right. too that it's just, you know, they're, they're th- you you have these people hanging around and then they, they see something, and because they have a formula of create they have a, they they have a formula in their head they really don't see the film for what it is right they're just looking for certain things. I and I, I, I hate to be like I hate to be repeating myself, but I mean this is one of the quip one of the reasons why we see so many remakes and reboots. Yeah, right? I mean, as I say, I, when I, I went into that film thinking this is going to be a pretty... I, I wasn't thinking I was going to be moved to tears. I wasn't <laughs> thinking I was going to be emotionally just put through the ringer. But I did think I would be able to not hate it. Right. I, th- I really... I, I tried. I, I tried. I, I, tried. <laughs> I, I don't know what... I don't know at one point where I realized it wasn't gonna... It wasn't working for me, but I just remember when I was... I think five work- minutes in for me. <laughs> Something... <laughs> five minutes? Holy shit. Something about that opening title sequence. <laughs> you there just saw the titles and the-, the font, and you're like, this is not working at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was the awkwardness on the bus. It oh, was the, the awkwardness, bus- like... I. I didn't think the bus worked as well as it could have done. I don't know. I, I remember that. I remember filming that scene and it seemed more fun. I'm not right. sure. I, and I'm trying to remember because I, re- it was it was a lewd scene. They had a, there's some lines in there, but it seemed yeah yeah it seemed more fun filming it than watching it. And I don't know. And I can't remember if a hundred percent if that had to do with the fact that they recut they cut it differently or they took stuff out of there because there's all those the just really lewd jokes in there. So I couldn't remember 100% if they did something to that scene. But that was like one of those, I remember those days. And I was like, that was like just being on that bus and just thinking, yeah, no, I think this might be a decent movie because I just kind of see what's going on. And it seems interesting. They, they, they And it was because of the characters. Mm-hmm. The, the characters stood out for me more than the, the Predator and the scenarios in the film. But it was like, oh, I generally see unique characters here. Tom, what, mm-hmm. what Thomas Jane was doing, what Travante was doing, what uh, Boyd was doing. Uh, uh, they, they seem like generally interesting characters. Mm-hmm. But they, they did. Something happened. I mean, the thing is, it was sort of that perfect confluence of talent. And again, as you say, I did not read the script. I don't know what was omitted. I don't know the politics behind it or how that went. Right. But I'm a fan of Thomas Jane. I'm a fan of yeah. Keegan-Michael Key. I'm a oh, fan yeah, of Sterling yeah. K. Brown. Um, I'm a fan of Olivia Munn. I'm a fan of a bunch of different actors that were in the film. Yeah. But it did not do it for me. Yeah, it was... It messes with, this is what I had high hopes for because it's like the energy that they brought to it, especially Thomas Jane. I mean, it, it, watching him was just really, really, really uh, mesmerizing because how he right. just 
create builds that character but i didn't even but when i finally saw the the final product i just didn't see that magic i was watching while they were making it and i knew there was things there were, there were some troubles too because when you hear reshoots it's not always <laughs> when you hear reshoots and things like that it's like uh that's not a good sign it, a lot of times it's it's a big indicator of something's wrong it could be that or it could just it could. be someone as simple as a lighting yeah. or focus issue yeah but no that was one of those which i saw thinking yeah this is going to be uh, a little bit of escapism i don't have to think too much about this it's going to be enjoyable and no 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 what i did see recently though and I don't know if you've seen it yet, and I was actually quite impressed with it. It's kind of a, a strange drama comedy. Is Upload? Have you heard of that? No, Upload. No. It was an Amazon Prime original. <laughs> Sorry, it was a Prime original. I don't know how they define it now. It's branding, 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 branding. But anyway, it was filmed here, so there were lots of familiar faces in there. Right. And it's the premise is basically it's set, I think, about 15 years in the future. And you can back up yourself to live in a virtual afterlife and interact with your family and your friends, etc. It's kind of this plot about it. And it's also by Greg Daniels. And Greg Daniels did The Office. And I believe he also did Parks and Rec. As in the American office right. and Parks and Rec. So it's it's got a comedy mind behind it. But it's actually quite good. Like, I was really impressed with it. Um, they, they've only done the one season at the moment. Right. But it's all available on Amazon Prime. Right. Um, well, I think I should check it out. Yeah, I think you should. I haven't yet seen Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> uh, what was the catchphrase again? <laughs> what was it again? We we ride and we ride together. We we die together. Bad boys for life. Brilliant. Right. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I've I've not yet seen it. I thought you were it's, gonna watch it. I was going to, and then I. So you put thought, that on instead. Oh, of, well, you put the predator on instead of that. I did. I did. We all make mistakes. <laughs> well, I'm curious to see which one you would like better. I I really hope I don't like Bad Boys for Life less than I like the Predator. <laughs> Pick it. <laughs> because that would be a very poor reflection. I don't know. It's hard to judge whether you're... <laughs> it's, like, it's going to be hard to tell which one you're going to like better or not. Yeah. So another thing that I was curious about, what your thoughts were or were not. Uh, did you hear the latest news about The Matrix? No. So the Wachowski... I don't know if they now just go by the Wachowskis or the Wachowski sisters. I believe they just go by the Wachowskis. They both have was it they I, both I think it, I think it's just one of them is a transgender so I think they just No they both are they both are, they are. Both, they both are Linda and I it's Lana is it, sorry Lana Lana yeah Lana and I forget the name of the other one Oh yeah that's right But um right. basically what they had done is I say it like they've done something what they decided to do was disclose that the original premise of the matrix was a step further that had to do with identity and it had to do with them and their initial identities as men and the red pill versus the blue pill actually had an overarching meaning which which connected to uh, gender identification mm -hmm. 
And in actual fact, it was an allegory for that. That was their original allegory. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find the name both of them. Jeez. They couldn't have... <laughs> hmm. But I find that fascinating. I find that really, really cool, actually. The the personalization of a project to that degree that ended up becoming a global phenomenon, which people examine on a great number of levels. Actually, yeah, it's, See, it's now Lana and Lily Wachowski. Okay, Lily. I didn't... The last time I checked, I didn't. I I only knew the brother, one of the brothers. So now they're both. Okay, all right. See, the the thing is about the Matrix. Get goddamn! I love that movie. And the thing is about the Matrix that I've noticed with people is that there are so many people who are seeing that movie in a totally different way. It, what I, do you mean by that? Where the the way they interpret it, uh, because I think that movie had, I I see well. Let's just say in in the terms of politics, I see a lot of people you both on the left and the right using that movie, and especially the uh, allegory of the red pill and the blue pill, right? And you see all over the YouTube or you see all over YouTube or websites. Oh, I'm going about to red. Oh, so and so has red pilled you or blue pilled you. Or so what is the right? You just see it, right? And sometimes that's tied to some sort of it's tied to some sort of like really regressive argument. Like it could be something completely racist or something completely sexist or but the person who thinks but the person who's creating this material thinks they're enlightening you. So they use the allegory of you're going to be red pilled. Right. It's become a cultural right. gesture where it is something you can allude to. You can allude to it, but it's like it's like I don't th- I'm just saying is is like I probably if the Wachowskis was were watching this video that I'm supposedly being red pilled about, they probably would turn it off. <laughs> it's just it's just fascinating to me that you just there's a lot of people who interpret what's being said in that movie in their own the messages and the symbols in that movie and they're using it for their own purposes. And I think those purposes don't exactly reflect the values of that movie. But isn't that the poetry of art? Yeah, it is. It is the poetry of art. I, it is. But I do find it. It's, it is. How would I describe it? Peculiar. Okay. Peculiar in that sense. That is like. I'm just saying is like whatever you're trying to espouse here. I think the creators of what you're. The creators of the thing that you're using here would probably would probably throw up while watching this video or something like that. I forget who it was. Maybe it was David Lynch or someone like that that basically said that art in all forms is to be created and for others to judge, right. not you. Right, exactly. So you make it, you put it out there, and then you could love it, hate it, interpret this, interpret that. You could think that the fact that I put a pitchfork there means this, or you could think the fact that I put it there means that. Whatever it is, it's on you. It's yours now. I've made it for you. I'm going to leave it alone. I guess it's and just... That I find beautiful. Yeah, it is. And it, and that's what's the beauty about art, that it can be just uh, interpreted in many different ways. But sometimes when you find the interpretations don't even have a common thread or the or totally at the opposite of the spectrum from each other, uh, f- 
it's kind of fascinating. It's deeply fascinating. What I really like, though, is the fact that I think if there is something with a particular meaning behind what the writer, singer, actor, whoever it happens to be, wanted to convey, right. I think it's important for them to divulge that. I, I, all I'm saying is so, like, I, I see a lot of Trump video, pro-Trump videos, alluding which, to the red which, pill. And it's like, I think if the Wachowski... Like, I'm pretty sure that like if they were watching well, this his track like, record with transgenderism uh, not so great and everything else they're probably like cease and desist <laughs> <laughs> I mean who is it was it Springsteen no Neil Young right. has been going crazy trying to sue Trump to get him to stop using his songs which, his rallies and which that. song is he using from uh, Neil Young I forget exactly which one, but the fact is, is they're just still going ahead and doing it anyway. Right. I'll keep on rocking in the free world or something. Right. You see how it's funny, right? It's, it's I remember when uh, Bruce Springsteen was, uh, didn't, well, I didn't remember, but I know that how Bruce Springsteen didn't want Ronald Reagan to use uh, Born in the USA, right? <laughs> and the thing is, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's like, it's not a pro, like, rah, rah, USA song. It's a protest song. Right. Yeah. Right. I think, though, with regards to the Matrix, what I was trying to get at was basically when an artist creates something and it does have an underlying meaning, I like that they allowed a period of time, actually, a really long period of time, but I like that they allowed a period of time to not necessarily unveil the truth behind what they wanted to illustrate but i like the fact that they did come out with this actually means this or we were intending that right. or whatnot i think it's important that if you do riddle any sort of story with hidden meanings that at some point you divulge it because yes things are subject to interpretation but say for example the film is seen a hundred years from now yeah It'd be interesting to see it through the lens of, firstly, just the subjective of at the time the person seeing it, and then secondly, the understanding that actually they meant this, whereas if they never turn around and go, actually, we were referring to this particular perspective, this particular metaphor, if no one ever is told that, then it will be everyone's making interpretations, where if people are told that, it will be, okay, this is what I wanted to say to you. The movie- Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, um, but the movie always seemed to me about liberation and freedom. Right, right, right. And that when you have a, when, and I think that's universal, so that can go everywhere. Precisely. But it's interesting when they say, or if they do clearly say, it meant that, but for us writing it, we were writing it with the perspective of this. Yeah. I, it, it, I, I think when it comes to that, it just becomes universal because obviously that's what it meant to them right right but they were writing from the underlying basis of liberation and freedom right so they were writing from that undertone but to them for for them personally it was about gender identity right right so connected to that they're filming back to back and i have not seen these films yet curious i think you have told me you have but you can tell me whether you have or haven't the film in john wick four and five back to back i didn't know that okay 
Have you seen the films? I've seen the first one only. And? Uh, Is there a reason you've only seen the first one? I've only seen the first one. I it, I didn't really do it. It didn't really do anything for me. I, I don't remember the last time that I have heard of a film have so many sequels so quickly. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, I see it and I was like, oh, okay, I know the audience for this. And I just think my tastes have changed and, and quite a bit. I probably would have been some, into that something like that more. Uh, probably ten years ago, right? But it's it just to me there was there was just it was just a it just seemed like a run of mill action movie to me, mm-hmm. and it just it just wasn't something. But I, it wasn't something I really connected with. But I recognize that there's a lot of people who loved it, and there's an audience, right? Yeah, I mean, I suppose for me, uh, in recent times, something similar would be Jack Reacher. Yeah, I never watched. Did you that. see that one? No, I never watched it. So, it was it was a film which I saw with a friend of mine, and she really liked it. But I walked out of the theater kind of laughing at the film we just saw. Right. It's one of these uh, super spy type films. Who's really tough with the guy being really tough, and he could just seemingly defeat anyone. Right. And yeah. The only highlight of it in the first one, anyway, I didn't see the second one. I don't know if they did a third, but was Werner Herzog playing a bad guy? Werner, who? You don't know Werner Herzog? Werner Werner Herzog. Yeah, he was playing a bad guy. Do you know who Werner Herzog is? Maybe I'm confusing. You're not saying Werner Herzog, Herzog right? Yes, I am, but it's co- it's oh. pronounced <laughs> Werner. Oh, okay. I didn't even know he was in it. Yeah, he's he an, is. He he plays a bad guy. Is he and an, he has his very slow way of saying what he's trying to convey. I, yeah. Okay. That was a horrible that was a horrible Werner Herzog impersonation. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone that had to endure that. But nevertheless, yeah, he plays a bad guy in it. Was it good? I mean his part was. Right. Okay. He's great. How could you not love Werner? I'm just saying if he's just, if he's if he's great as a bad guy in it. Power to him. I'm, I'm not. I, I feel like I feel it's, like five years ago I could do a good impersonation of him. It's just probably you gotta you gotta. It's your throat thing. It's, it's probably just takes yeah, a little bit of yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all good. Very upset. Next I've time we'll, friend... we'll rehearse. But you can rehearse it before. <laughs> if you <laughs> do practice, gonna... watch some videos, get the movements right. Um, I, I... listen. Some people love that film, but for me, it's like I just. For me, I need something. I, I I need things with a little bit more depth and cerebral, and more cerebral for myself. For me to, <laughs> you, know? you do. You I, do? I, I I occasionally, obviously, I like. You no, know, occasionally I'll just put on something because it's just we like, ride you know, it's or we die. Bad boys for life. <laughs> so I say cerebral. T- typically, I crave that. But if the movie is generally right. fun. I I I op- I'm open to it too, right? I mean, I love the first Bad Boys. Yes, it was a fun uh, movie. I know. <laughs> I just I like the, I'm, I like a, a film with depth. I like a I, film with me. I predominantly like pre- predominantly prefer a film with depth. It's not like I wouldn't watch a movie enough. that. Fair enough. Predominantly. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but so even, you won't be tuning into John Wick. I I I've got to catch up. Dude, it's like I'm. If they're making, if three, four, and five come out, and it's like I gotta watch, 
<laughs> I kind of I have to like catch up two films before that to get into that whole thing. I mean, that's like, not hard for you to do. I'm, I'll, I'll be in line for the Matrix, so Keanu will get my right. money, but it'll be for <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be for that. See, what was that movie with Tom Cruise and it's and I love that movie. Was it Tom Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx where he plays a bad guy? So my memory's going control. Crazy. No, 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 not control. No, the one that was done by Michael Mann. Collateral. What's name? Oh yeah. That was a had fucking a great it. movie. It it had a C and it had an L. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, that's where <laughs> And an O. Your heart was in the right place. No, 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 only one of them. Any yes it did. Anyway. But yeah, they no, you're absolutely with, right. Yeah. That was I was like I was like, Tommy, you gotta do more movies like this. Michael Mann is one of the most underrated directors. Yeah. Like he has a great catalogue. But Tom Cruise, have you seen Magnolia? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, come on. He's amazing. I, rem- I remember that in- I remember specifically that interview scene too, where she calls him out. Yeah. And it's like it's just <laughs> it's great cinema where you can just you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, these are the types of movies, the moments of movies where you just like, it, they just burn in your brain because they're so great. Right? Where she just calls well, them mean, out and then it's like, you could just see him. You could just see, you know, the character. You could just see what happens to him internally. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Is superb. Like, that man does just brilliant, brilliant work. And I remember when I saw Magnolia, I saw it with my brother at Metrotown, and I was blown away by it. Loved it. I watched it Absolutely at home. Absolutely loved it. I don't even know where yeah, I was watching that it. Was, that was the first DVD I bought, I think. Magnolia. Yes, that was the first DVD I bought. Yeah. So I just, I bought a DVD player, first DVD, Magnolia. Wow. Boom. Brilliant. It was a great movie. Brilliant. And then some people, even to me, the, the, the ending, I'm still... It was still a mystery to me, but I loved the ending. I I, I, I'm not saying ending. I hated it. I just was kind of like scratching my head at what it all meant. But it was still a brilliant movie. But again, that's what harkens back to what we were just talking about with regards to the Matrix and art and interpretation. Yeah. Because you look at it, what it meant to you, what you interpreted by it. Yeah. That's that's everything. Whatever it was, that was art. I mean. It was it was superb, but then again, I don't know whether I've spoken about this on the podcast, but I believe I've mentioned this to you in person. Mulholland Drive was one of those. Have you seen Mulholland? No, Drive? No, I haven't seen that actually. Okay, Mulholland Drive is a David Lynch film with Naomi Watts, and it's one of those films, like a lot of Lynch work, where it's a little bit puzzling. Yeah. And literally, that was one of the only films I have ever seen where the auditorium was filled and after the film was done and we all came out we were literally saying strangers were debating what happened or what that meant what the storyline was right it was that confusing and the problem is is there's no cohesive thread throughout the film Mm. there's just characters playing almost abstract seemingly connected roles but hard to properly put the dots there but was it good because i felt like that for pulp fiction 
Oh no, you did not. When I first watched, no, 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 no. Here's, don't get me wrong. I loved it, but to be honest with you, when I first watched it, I didn't really a hundred percent know what was that, that was all of, what all that was about. But there's something is that I still there was something is about it that still I thought was amazing, and it, I had to watch it over and over again to kind of. I I loved that film from the first time I saw it. No, I loved it. I'm just saying it's like, but if you. Yes, ask me what was that movie about? I couldn't really initially. I couldn't really tell you what it was about because, like, what was the underlying movie about? But I, I loved it. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is a favorite of mine, and Magnolia is another one. I mean, there are so many fantastic films. Right, and that's, that's like why. No, I was just saying. I don't think I'm all. As I was saying, is that even I was. I, even with that, you could it could still be a great film that people like. I'm just curious if were they discussing that because they didn't like it, or they were just discussing it because there was just there was a lot about it that they didn't really know what it was about, but they were generally still engaged. I think it was genuine intrigue. Right. I I mean, when I say the lack of understanding, you may have had a small portion of pulp fiction that you were missing on the first view Mulholland Drive I guarantee you yeah. if you watch it tonight you will not go oh yeah it meant that right. oh yeah that was the story you will be confused it was an artistic piece it was that I don't know that I would be able to turn around and say that there was a cohesive storyline that could have been picked and removed from it it okay. was fantastic to watch and entertaining but nobody that left the auditorium when they saw that film seemed to fully either get it or they just they walked out with an opinion, but nobody definitively knew. Right. Okay. And I'm curious. What's going on in the background there? Uh, there's some birds. Ah, okay. Tell them to keep it down. <laughs> I'm trying to record something here. Let's throw a rock. Jesus, those things are loud. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... We're going to bid you adieu, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're going to be do. We will bid them adieu. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I, was, I wasn't sure you were talking to the audience or the birds. <laughs> <laughs> Entonces, hasta luego. <laughs> On that note, folks, we'll just leave it at that. I'm going to go check out uh, Mulholland it? Moh- it? Drive. Mulholland Drive. Yeah, Mulholland it's, uh, Drive. Based on, I think, a street in LA. I've heard of this movie before, but it just sounds interesting. I may have... Justin Theroux, Naomi Watts, and yeah, give it a watch. Is it on? Is it on Netflix? I'm not sure. Well, Maybe. Maybe you have to buy it. But it's worth checking out. All um, right. On that note. All right, folks. We'll speak to you all soon. Thanks for Hasta listening. Thanks for watching. Until next time. Keep it real. (laughs) Yes. Do that. (laughs) Peace.